You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We are uh, starting today a new series on uh, everyday Christianity. Do you know, our faith is not just for Sunday church, but actually our faith in, our, in God's principles is for everyday life. Would you agree? It's not just for once a, once a day, uh, on, you know, week, but actually it's for every day. God has something that uh, as we follow after Him, He has a plan for every aspect of our lives. And so for our work, for our family, for our marriages, for raising kids, for finances, you know, all of it is in Scripture what His best is for us. And often in life we kind of bumble about, we try to figure it out our own way. But actually if we look to God's Word and follow His plan, you know, He leads us upon a path that leads to everlasting life and leads to fruitfulness in our own lives. And sometimes we look at some of the things he has in scripture and we think, oh, it's really hard to put into practice or, oh, it's very difficult. But can I promise you this, that when we go God's way with our lives in the very practical aspects, you know, it always works out for our good. Do You know, the Ten Commandments are for our good. It isn't so that there would be some kind of restrictions upon us so we wouldn't enjoy life. The fact is, is that it's for our good and for the good of others that we follow his commands and we follow his will for our lives. And so we're going to be working through these various aspects of very practical things in the coming weeks. We're going to be looking at raising kids. We're going to be looking at marriage and relationships. We're going to be looking at finances. And uh, today we're going to be looking at our, our, our work, what we put our hands to. And uh, to do that, there's a fantastic story in the Old Testament. Uh, and it's a well-known place in the Bible in Genesis 39. And uh, it's by, it's, it's, there's a guy in the story, not just a story, real life. Just so you don't kind of misunderstand where I'm going with this. This isn't a fairy tale. It really did happen. There's a guy by the name of Joseph. How many have heard of the name of, of the guy Joseph? Right? Jo- he had a coat of many colors, psychedelic uh, jacket that his, his father had made for him. But we're picking up the story after he'd been sold out by his brothers into slavery um, obviously, if, you, if you've read through the story, you'll have known that his, his brothers didn't really like the guy so much because he was daddy's favorite, which also doesn't help kind of family relations for the best, for the most of us. But he wasn't only uh, dad's favorite, but he also had these dreams that one day his brothers and his dad would all bow down to him. And just to kind of make matters worse, uh, you know, he, he shared it with them. You know, sometimes these things are best kept to ourselves, but he shared it with his brother, not just once, but he shared both dreams. And it just infuriated these guys to think, how could he, how could he think one day we will not only, um, you know, not only will we have to accept him, but we have to worship him at some point or, or bow down to him. And as you know from the story, at one point this actually works its way out. But there was something very special about Joseph's life in how he conducted himself in the matters of work. Often this isn't an area that we focus so much about Joseph's life. But I believe when we start looking at what does it mean to be an everyday Christian in our employment? That's what we're going to look at today. What does it mean to be an everyday Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ in the places that we work? And I know that not maybe everyone is in a place of employment. But I believe the principles of this, no matter what you're doing, even if you're volunteering, these principles need to work their way out in our own personal lives. Because we're representing God's plan and His purposes in every environment we find ourselves 
And so when we call ourselves a Christian, and when we're in a workplace, we need to represent Christ there. But what does that look like in tangible or in a practical context? And I think Joseph's life, we're going to unpackage a bit of him, to not unpackage him, but we're going to unpackage the story about him today. So Genesis chapter 39, we're going to verses, read verses 1 to 6, and then we're going to read verses 20 to 23. So, and we're going to basically cover this, this chapter in its entirety. Now Joseph had been uh, taken down to Egypt, right? So this is after his brothers had sold him uh, to some traders. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. When the master saw that the Lord was with him and that he gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted uh, to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed his household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left, jo- so he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. In the next line, Joseph was a well-built and was well-built and handsome. But we won't get into that part because that really isn't part of what we're looking at today. But just so you frame of reference, he was a good-looking guy. Verse twenty. We're going to skip down. He has this whole incident with Potiphar's wife, who also takes notice of his attractive features and uh, wants to sleep with the guy. The guy resists that temptation. And we now find ourselves that he's, in verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners are confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those, who, all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Wow, what a guy. I want to just point out three things really quick before we get into it. There's three things that we notice about Joseph and his, his work. When he started to work for Potiphar, when he started to show himself in the, in the jail, one is that they saw that the Lord was with Joseph. Okay? Secondly, they saw that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. And thirdly, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. There was a connection between what Joseph did and God in every aspect of Joseph's work. Joseph stood out from everyone else. And can I just say, not because he had a halo around his head. When he walked into the room, the angel sang. And people thought, who is this guy? He must be from God. I don't think the Egyptians were so super spiritual that they just saw it. I don't think he spoke to them in King James English. Well, they just sensed, surely God is with you because you speak with such eloquence. You must have studied King James English and speak it in such fluent way. It wasn't because he was super spiritual. Okay? Potiphar and the warden were not the spiritual discerning types. I don't believe scripture would show it as this, that they were so in tune to the spirit, they could just sense God was with Joseph. I think we would really be exaggerating the story if we were to think that Potiphar 
was so in tune with God, he just knew God was with Joseph. These guys didn't even know God. At least not the God of Israel. Right? He stood out because of how he worked. Can I say this? He stood out because of how he worked. Joseph's work ethic brought a blessing to those around him. They saw that God was with him because he did things not like the others. He cared about what he did. He, he put effort into what he did. There was something about him that was different. Not because he, of, of his presence, but because of his worth, worth, uh, work ethic in his everyday jobs that he was assigned to. I believe that for you and I, our employment should be better because we are there. We're representing the King of Kings in our employment. And in that employment, our employers should be blessed because we are there. Not because you come to church or you come to work every morning speaking in tongues at your office, at your desk. You're just rattling away. into. Not because of that. It's because of when you're at work, man, you are bringing blessing to that company. You're bringing blessing to your employment because there's something about you. There's something about what you put into the job that stands out from the rest because you really care. You really care. Now there's things that we can learn from Joseph's example. And I think, I think we can, we can draw from this a lot. One is that in order for you to really stand out, the Lord being with you, is to be someone who works hard. I believe Joseph worked hard. Why was everything in the field blessed and everything in the household blessed? It wasn't because he stood around at the, at the shovel or looking at the plow or looking. It was because he, he put his effort into it. He worked hard and because of that, the blessing came to, to Potiphar. In practical terms, the job acts of Joseph were done with efficiency. The Lord gave him success in everything he did. What does that mean? The Lord gave him success in everything he did. Is that when he was sent out to plow the field, he plowed the field. When he was asked to dig a hole, he dug the hole. What was the success? Is that he did what he was asked to do. We can over-spiritualize the story, but it was very practical. The Lord gave him success. So everything that Potiphar asked him to do, he did with excellence. He just did it. He worked hard. He put his shoulder into it. When his master was watching, and when he wasn't watching, he kept working hard. What is the perspective that God calls us to have? In Colossians, if you just keep your finger in, in Genesis, we're just going to quickly look at Colossians. Chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. And, that, and again, it starts off with slaves, but... We can call ourselves employees. Colossians 3, maybe you feel like a slave at your work, but let's just take it in context here. Slaves, obey your earthly master in everything. Say everything. In everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor, but with sincere of heart and with reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart and working for the Lord, not as you're working for the Lord and not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord you are serving. Are you catching this? Anyone who does wrong will be, will be repaid for his wrong. And there is no favoritism. Here we have this understanding. God calls us to work not only when people are watching us. But when we're all by ourselves. We work as unto the Lord all the time. With sincere hearts, putting our very best into everything that we do. 
If I'm asked to do something in my workplace, I give it 100% as though God himself were asking me to do it. Isn't that what we just read from scripture? It doesn't matter how you might be below your your ability or, or how challenging it might be. What God is asking is everything that we do with our employment, we do with all our hearts as if he himself was asking us to do it. Because he himself will reward at the end of time all that we do anyways. And this is without complaining or grumbling. I don't know, have you ever been in those work environments where no one really likes to work? How many of you have ever been there? Yeah, any manager asks something of you, as soon as the manager leaves the room, everyone... Was it just me? I, 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 before, now it doesn't happen hopefully in the, the church. But... We leave our leadership meetings, oh, I can't believe they... No. Oh, I, I remember, you know, I, I've worked secular jobs. And I remember leaving, you know, we'd have a team meeting or the, the, the manager would ask things of, and as soon as the manager left the room, all of a sudden the comments started crumbling, you know, and, and people would be on Facebook and we'd be doing other things. And instead of working, doing the things that were asked of them, and as soon as the, uh, the manager would come back in, all of a sudden everyone starts to look like they're working again. I don't know if you've been in those environments. Well, you know what? God says... As a believer, we should bring blessing to our workplaces. We should bring blessing to our employers because we're doing everything as unto Him. We're doing everything as unto the Lord. We're, we're, get, we're working hard. The result is that the employer is blessed because actually you're able to do all that has been asked of you with success because you're working hard at it. I don't think Joseph has success in what he was doing because he just sat there praying about it. Would you agree? The reason there's blessing in the home and blessing in the field is because he did something. He worked hard at it and because there was fruit of his labors. It's evident when people work hard. We have three guys that work for our company and it's interesting watching people when kind of they work and make excuses and all this sort. They have to work independently of us, obviously, because I'm here. Um, But it's evident when someone works hard. What they accomplish in the time that's set out for them to accomplish that work. And, and employers aren't stupid. Do you know that? Sometimes we, we, we think, and maybe you are an employer, and, and this is, also you need to work hard. But, you, employers aren't stupid. They know exactly what's going on. And God says we need to work hard. So, that one, first one is working hard. Joseph worked hard. But secondly, he worked with excellence. The Lord gave him success. Success speaks of what he worked at. He he didn't give a half-hearted approach to it, but he worked with excellence. He put his best effort into the work he did. It was a success. He worked hard, both in the field, when he got nothing out of it. He worked hard when he was in the jail and got nothing out of it. He worked with excellence to such a degree... That those who were over him said, you know what? You are just so faithful with what you're doing. I'm going to put you in, res- I'm going to put you responsible for that. I, you, you, you do things so 100% that I'm going to make you the, the manager of this. I'm going to put you in charge. Now, he was a slave and then he was a prisoner. He had nothing to gain out of working hard. Are you catching that? He, he had nothing to gain, but he was doing everything obviously from a heart of serving God. And all of these things qualified him for one day later being the prime minister of Egypt. 
But he was in the little. It was when no one was watching. When he was in the jail cell. When he was in those times when, when the eyes of no one of importance were watching. He kept doing excellence with the work he was asked to do. You need to clean the toilets. I'll give my very best effort to make sure they're nice and clean. You need to put out the food. I will work hard at that because I've been asked to do it. You need to kind of clean up the mess of the entranceway. Okay, I want to make sure it's spotless. Where all the other prisoners are like, well, you forced me to do it. He's like, you know, I will do it with excellence. As though it's unto God. A lot of things are asked of us in life that sometimes we find it difficult to do. Sometimes we think it's below us. Sometimes we don't really want to do it. But, you know, can we show up and give our very best at whatever our employers ask to ask of us? That when we do it, we do it with excellence. When we're working, we work it as if this was God himself that we're serving. I believe we stand out from the rest when we do that because we're doing it unto the Lord. Not that we're doing it for a show, but we're doing it with a sincere heart before God. Saying, God, you know what, even though I don't enjoy this job, I want to give it my very best because you asked me to. It isn't about being super spiritual, but it's about being faithful to God and what he asks in the very practical things of our lives. It's about showing up on time for work, ready to do the job when the, do- when the day starts. In my younger years, I had a really hard time being on time for work. I don't know if you've ever had these kind of experience in your life. I really struggled. Chris has this struggle. <laughs> Once in a while. Once in a while. He's good. He stays late, so he makes up for it too. But you know what? I I remember sitting in my manager's office. This was when I was probably 19. So my age kind of, I I was young and immature. And uh, he's like, he was just challenging me. You know, yes, I did a good job when I was at work, but you needed to show, you don't start at 15 after 9, you start at 9. And not you don't just start at 9, you come before 9, so at 9 o'clock, you're ready to work. You've got your cup of coffee, you've got your tea, you've got whatever you need, you're at your desk, and you're ready to start at 9. Your job does not start at 9.15. And I remember having these discussions with him. It happened more than once. Then I started getting speeding tickets, getting to, church, or getting to work, because I, instead of just getting up earlier... I would just go faster. But that, that was not a good option either, okay? That is not the option to get in. It's about being punctual. And, and so somewhere along the line, I don't know what happened. Obviously, I learned that, you know what, I needed to be on time with my life. It was no longer appropriate. And even now, I need to keep reminding myself. Because I'm not necessarily a morning person. How many are with me? Okay, mornings are not my strength. And so... The snooze is a better option for me sometimes than the, the wake-up bell. And so sometimes it's a challenge to say, I'm going to get out of bed because this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get to work. Yeah! I'm all so excited about this. There's moments where the snooze button was just so tempting, and it did get used a few times. But I've moved on. Amen. <laughs> all right. So he worked with excellence. Second thing, or third thing. Is he worked with integrity. Joseph was honest and moral in his conduct. You see, Potiphar and the warden could see that the Lord was with him. And this reflected in the daily business that Potiphar would have had. He, he was able to trust him with everything. Just think of this, guys. The picture. This Potiphar was not just an average bloke. He was someone of authority. He had lots of servants. He had a big household. He had lots of possession. And to put everything underneath the care of a slave was quite a trusting thing. But what would have happened 
It didn't just happen all of a sudden that one day Joseph showed up to work and he says, Joseph, you're in charge of everything. No, it would have been the little things day after day that the employer noticed. You know what? He's honest. He's trustworthy. He didn't take more than he should have. He, he put that back when, when, when he did something wrong. He was upfront about he, he did something wrong. He could be trusted. You see, trust happens in the little things of our lives. In the things of our employment that we think, well, no one will really notice this. Do you know what? God notices, but also employers notice when we can be trustworthy. Joseph never stole. He didn't lie. He didn't cut corners. And even Joseph's integrity was put to the test when even Potiphar's wife approached him and said, you know what? I would like to sleep with you. You know, in our employment, there's always temptations to make compromises. I know in the years that I was... I was just in normal employment. There's always a temptation to make a compromise. There's always a temptation to, 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 to not be completely honest. There was one contract I did when I was doing a, I had a sound business when we first moved to England and we hired out equipment and I worked for, um, the Ministry of Defense hired my services for a funeral, which was really exciting, uh, to, to, uh, it was a, a thousand people or something in Cookfield or somewhere that, anyways, um, and it was quite a large, Bill, it was four thousand pounds was the contract uh, for this one funeral service of a of the soldier because of how many people were going to be there. So uh, it was great. I did the job, and they paid me for it. Hallelujah! You can always trust the government to get your money, right? Well, they paid me then twice for it. They sent me a second check, and I remember the struggle as I looked at this four thousand pounds sitting on my desk, and I'm thinking, who would ever know? If I just cashed in on it again. I mean, who do I even call to say that they sent me two checks? I mean, I had an officer who booked the whole thing and I called him. I did call him. He said, you sent me. He said, I don't know who you call. So, what do I do? Well, I cashed it, of course. No. No, I did not cash it. I did not. I resisted. I was like Joseph. Oh, I tore up the check with tears in my eyes. And we were at a time in our life, in journey in Brighton, where that 4,000 extra... First I thought, is this the blessing of God? Or is this just a temptation from the enemy? (laughs) I think Johnny could appreciate this struggle. When you're really believing, living by faith, an extra four grand is a real blessing. But... It wasn't from the right place. So I chose the right way. And I didn't go to prison. Joseph went to prison, okay? Now the concern, there was a thought, just to kind of sidetrack a little bit. There was a thought, this is the Ministry of Defense. And if they do find out that I took two payments worth and did not tell them, it is the Ministry of Defense. So, anyways, that helped justify why we should not cash the check. Anyways, Joseph, even when moral temptation was there, chose to take the higher ground, even though it cost him everything that he had. He went from palace to rags in a moment because he chose to not give in to the temptation that was presented day after day. I mean, you read the scriptures, he kept coming day after day. Wow. 
I believe there's moments in our lives where our integrity will always be put to the test in our workplaces. And in those times, we need to shine the light of Christ more than any times. Because we don't know what the result of that will be. It also means that in our employment, we don't, we don't, God's commandment always comes above the, what is asked of us in our employment, just to bring a balance to this. If our employer is asking to do something that's not ethical, that's not right, then obviously, again, our integrity is the only thing that you possess. And if your employer is asking to do something that is not right, is not, it is, is lying, it's cheating, it's not being honest, you know, we have to stand for what's right because of Christ in us. Our actions speak louder than our words. And sometimes we can be a light in some context of sharing our faith. But our integrity is what backs up the words that we say. And the people that work closest to you see you the real deal in you. And our integrity is what we need to work hard to, to maintain. That they know that we're honest. They know that we're trustworthy. They know that we will we'll always we'll, we'll, we'll take the higher ground because that's what our faith calls us to. Our challenge, you and I, is to be honest on all the times, on all occasions, to be truthful, especially when we make mistakes. I know I've been in work environments where something goes wrong and you start playing the name game or playing the blame game. I mean, it was his fault. It was her fault. It was the humidity. I was tired. It was this. It was that. You know what? I I believe integrity also saying, you know, I did something wrong. It was my fault. There's something about that that stands out from the rest when we said, you know what, I'm willing to be honest with you. It was my fault. Because guess what, we'll all make mistakes in our workplaces. And sometimes there's times that we need to admit that for ourselves. To not take dishonest, uh, make dishonest decisions that would be for our own gain. Stand by our convictions and don't compromise. And I think even in this, again, being in, in environments with lunchroom discussions and Sometimes vulgar jokes. And, you know, it's in these moments when you're the only Christian in the room and everyone thinks something's really funny and every, you can easily go down that path. In those moments, it's so important that we keep our integrity. We don't engage in that discussions that would lead to, you know, maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's speaking negatively about other people. Maybe it's, um, again, uh, telling dirty jokes. All of those things happen in everyday life. And God calls us to be set apart from that. Yes, we're there, but we can be a light in that and not engage in it. All right, the fourth one, the last one we're going to look at. It says here that they saw the Lord was with him. What does it look like to see that God is with someone? I think there was something about his demeanor that showed there was something special about him. Yes, he worked hard. Yes, he, he put excellence into everything, but he also had a positive demeanor. Uh, I believe Joseph showed up to work, and this is my own belief, with a smile on his face. I, I believe he was that kind of guy that when he walked into the room, he lightened the room because there was something about him that was special. People can see your attitude by just watching you across the room. Daniele and I, we, we ate at a restaurant, in, or we had coffee at a, a restaurant in... Uh, in Albania, and there was a server that we both noticed didn't really enjoy his job. <laughs> I thought, <clears throat> because we both ended up talking about it, we, it was quite apparent. He did not care to be there. He did not care to serve us, but just did it because he had to do it. And, uh, you know, 
it wasn't what he said, it was just how he said it. It was his whole mannerisms. It was the fact that he does not really care if we get served or not, but he just has to do this job. And again, Daniele was very gracious, saying, well, maybe he's had a bad day. Maybe, you know, life's fallen apart. Maybe there's all sorts of things that we can't judge at this moment. But you know what? People, all my point is, is that people see what's underneath us by how we, we show up to work in the morning. I think our challenge as believers of Christ is that we be the person that others want to work with because we brighten the atmosphere. They want to work next to you because you're the person that has a smile on their face. You show up to work with, with a good attitude. And, and that's contagious. Just like being with someone who's a complainer and a negative grumbler can draw down the, 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 the atmosphere. Do you know what? Being someone in the workplace that brings the atmosphere up, that lightens it because you show up greeting people with a smile on their face. Again, if you're not a morning person, this is a struggle. My family can attest to this. I have to work at it to, to greet everyone cheerfully in the morning until it kind of, my systems all wake up. I think we can be the person with a positive demeanor. I think we also, the, the challenge is for us to not be caught in that place where we, we start complaining about our employers or management or people around us. But let's be the people that speak life into the job place. Could we be those people that when everyone else says how bad it is, we're, we start to find the positives to, to, to speak into the, into the situation. I think your workplace should be a better place because you're there. Other employees should say, do you know what? I love work because of George. He's there and he's such a great guy. And I love going to work because of, he's in school. So that's university. So it doesn't really count. But anyways, I love, I love, uh, I love going to work because of George. He's, he just, he brightens my day. I think, I think people see that and it can happen. Be the one who stands out because you smile and encourage the people around you. I think Joseph was this kind of person. How did they know that the Lord was with him? It's because there was something about him that was positive. Do you know what God is positive? When we move in the Spirit of God, we encourage one another. We don't discourage one another. When God, we're moving in the power of the Spirit, we show love, we show compassion, we show kindness. Why? Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. So when you show up to work, can, tomorrow morning, try this. Smile. Put a smile on and see if it shocks anyone around you. When we are going to work, we are bringing the kingdom of God with us and his principles into that environment. And it is up to us to activate that in the very practical things. It isn't about laying hands on everything and speaking in tongues and prophesying to every person who sits around you. But it's about working hard. Now again, if God leads you to do that, fantastic. But it's about working hard, working with excellence putting your very best effort into it, being honest and integral with everything you do, but putting a smile on. The world around us will know that the Lord is with us because of how we work and the attitude that we have. Yes, we can share our testimony, and that's part of it. But I believe that the world around us, your, your colleagues need to know that you're a Christian, not because of what you've said, but because your work ethic, everything you do in the workplace, stands out with something of excellence. You're encouraging, you're kind, you don't complain, you do what's asked of you with, with everything you've got, 
you put the effort in, you show up on time, you leave when you're supposed to, you do all the things that is required of you, and you stand out because there's something great about you. And it isn't about you, it's about the Spirit of God that's in you that calls us to go higher. Again, we're doing none of this to please our employer. We're doing all of this to please the King. And can I say one day, you and I will stand before our Lord and we will give an account for our work. That seems like it's nothing to do with the church, but everything to do with Him. One day you will stand before Him and He'll ask you, as we see, we receive our inheritance, right? The rewards are given by God. And we will be rewarded, even if your employer never takes notice of all that you do. God takes notice that you did everything as unto Him. You did it with excellence. I believe your eternal reward will be far greater than anything, any bonus your boss could give you. Can it be our ambition that our employers will be best blessed because they employed us? Could it be your prayer in the morning before you leave for work? God, may my employer be blessed because they've hired me. I want to bring your blessing to, to our workplace. Work hard. Work with excellence. Work with integrity. I think if you're struggling with your job, even to smile at work, we have a psalm in one Psalm 118, 24. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And sometimes it's these things that we need to say over our lives. We, we need to make a choice. Even though employment might be challenging right now, even though today might be a difficult day, I don't enjoy what I'm doing. But God, you've made this day and I'll choose to rejoice and be glad in it because I'm working for you. Does this make sense? God calls us higher, and He calls us to live a very practical Christianity. It's not about being super spiritual, but it's about being, it's about being who He wants us to be. And it's a challenging thing for all of us because we live in a world that doesn't work this way. We try to find the path of least resistance. We live with people, we work with people who would, would, would try to cut corners, would try to make you know, make excuses. And it's easy to get caught into the same environment. It's easy in the, in, you know, in the coffee room when everyone starts to complain and gossip about everyone else's bit. It's easy to get caught into that because everyone's doing it. But just because everyone's doing isn't what God is asking of us. He calls us to stand out. He calls us to be someone who represents Him in that environment. And that's a challenge for us. And I believe in those moments we need the leading of the Spirit in our lives so we can practically be the encouragement, be the light, be the voice of, of hope in an otherwise difficult environment. God has called you to be there for this time. Let your light shine, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God. Amen? Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.